Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rooster Teeth Podcast. I'm Gus. I'm Gavin. It's, a, it's me. Hi, I'm Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> you guys and talked I'm about this like three times. I'm so sorry. Barbara. Uh, you, it was and, in perfect uh, personality, Mariel. And I'm Gus. <laughs> um, before we get started, I just wanted to say that uh, we thought a long time about whether or not it was appropriate to do a podcast today. And uh, we thought about canceling it or... Um, just doing something else. But uh, um, ultimately, we didn't feel like that was in our voice. We thought that people may want to hear from us and uh, hear our thoughts and what we have to say, uh, even though we're in very uh, strange times right now. I uh, just wanted to you know, reinforce the notion that everyone's been seeing online that uh, you know, take action if you can. If you can protest, go out and protest. If you can donate, please donate and spread the word. Uh, we'll have some uh, organizations in the description for this video that uh, I'd recommend you can donate to. Uh, uh, there's things like the George Floyd Memorial Fund, Black Visions Collective, Reclaim the Block. And I just want to remind everyone before we get started that Black Lives do matter. Uh, all right. Now with that, I uh, did want to, I assume we'll be talking about the current state of affairs a lot today uh, on this podcast. Oh, this one other thing I should mention. Uh, tomorrow, this is uh, tomorrow, June 2nd. Uh, we're going to be taking part in Blackout Tuesday. We're not going to be posting any content uh, aside from this episode of the podcast, which is going to go free for everyone. There'll be no live streams or, or content on RTTV tomorrow, but chat will be open. Uh, there's no new episodes uh, of videos on the site or on YouTube, and all our social media will go dark. Uh, so I encourage everyone to uh, take the time to educate yourself, donate, listen, learn, and definitely take action. Okay, now that that's yes. out of the way. Thank you, Gus. Yeah, you got it. How's everyone doing? How was how was everyone's weekend? Eventful? Uh, I think eventful quarantine baby is putting it lightly. Um, <laughs> I guess I, I should uh, warn everybody right now as we talk about the state of the world and the state of things. Um, I probably will be crying a lot today. So <laughs> that'll be fun and entertaining for everyone to watch. Oh, for once, it's not me. <laughs> Thank goodness. You've got some good company with you there, Mariel. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just it me could, this time. Don't you worry, Barbara. It could only ever be one of us at a time. It can never yeah. be both of us. <laughs> there's, there's too much power. It's, um, it's, it, it, it's weird seeing the level of action and, uh, and protests that we're, we're seeing here. You know, I feel like we've definitely seen protests in recent years uh, after different uh, police killings or even before that. You know, I, I was thinking about... Or, also, in addition to that, uh, things like Occupy Wall Street, but it seems like the scale of everything that's been going on over the past week has just been like seemingly like order of magnitude greater than uh, than what we've seen previously. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's 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 strange because I've been thinking a lot about like being a little kid and reading in history books like about uh, civil rights marches and you know what uh, people went through in the '60s. And, you know, at the time reading and being a kid and thinking that like, oh, you know, if that were to happen today, you know, I'd definitely be on the right side of history or I, I know that I would take action and do something about it. But it's like we are living in a very similar time, it seems like like this is a period of time that history books are going to be written about. Right. And, you know, in a couple of decades, uh, either your kids or your friends, kids are going to ask you, like, what were you doing in 2020? when uh you know everything was going on when all the protests were happening you know how were you what were you doing to try to affect a positive change in the world and uh i hope that everyone is doing something right trying to at least you know 
protest or donate or get out there and, and try to help create some kind of change. Yeah, I've, I've read from a lot of people who uh, are only able to do so much, whether it's, you know, I don't have a lot of money, I can't donate much, or, you know, I shared this, but there's not really much else I could do. Every little bit that you could do is something because a little bit of progress here and there ends up being a lot of progress in the end. So no matter what you could do, it's always a step forward. And don't feel like because you're not financially stable enough to commit more money to something or whatever it is, or if you don't, if you're not in a state where you could go out and protest or in a, you know, you don't feel like it's, um, you don't feel like you're able to do that. Sharing information, being there for people, speaking out when you can against people who do have those beliefs and um, maybe racist tendencies or behaviors, speaking out against those people. Yeah, I feel like and, education yeah, so. is so important. So important. Even amongst family members and friends, if you know of like other people's struggles or like the, way that, the ways that they could change, you know, if they're sort of, you can tell they're going to end up on the wrong side of history, just like spreading the word is enough as well. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you've it's got, such, if you've got no donation it, money, right? It's such a big goal. There's um, multiple ways to achieve it and multiple ways to help out, right? Like any little bit helps try to push that needle to the right side of history. Um, it's 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 strange, you know, with all the stuff going on. Uh, it feels really overwhelming, right? I mean, this year has been absolutely terrible. I think I feel like the past four or five years, we keep saying, "Thank God that year's over." And uh, the next <laughs> yeah. year just comes along and it's like, what in the world? 2020 is officially hell. I don't know. Oh, yeah. 2020 <laughs> is canceled. I was trying, I, like, earlier, I was trying to write down like everything that's going on in the world that you have to deal with right now. It's like the list just, got, it just made me depressed to look at it. I was like, <laughs> I yeah. listed off a couple of things. Like it's, 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 it, it's going to wear you down mentally. And I think uh, it's okay to acknowledge that as well. Like, uh, like I, I wish that almost like there was an adult I could go to. It's like, oh shit, I'm the adult, right? Like <laughs> it's on, it's on me to, to try to do something about it, you know, with the, between, uh, the pandemic, uh, this massive unemployment everywhere, uh, all these protests, it's just like, what, what else, you know, what next? And just, I guess, I mean, you just gotta, I, I, I laid down on my floor a little, well, I laid down over there a little earlier and just like stared at the ceiling for like 15 minutes trying to like, <laughs> get my head straight and uh, yeah and like figure out how to how to process it all it's a lot yeah. it, it's almost impossible yeah and i think um just to kind of talk about what i've been doing this weekend and what i've kind of been going through it is it has become so liberating to truly just say fuck it like this is what i think i'm not worried about you unfollowing me i'm not worried about you like attacking me um this is how i feel and i'm gonna yell it and i'm gonna scream it because people have been doing that for centuries and no one else is no one's listening and um i just like i can't stand by anymore and i can't stand by and be complicit because i realized that's what's going on um you know i was i was living in Austin uh, whenever the Mike Brown protests were happening here. And that was a super peaceful protest. Um, and that was Mike Brown was killed in August of 2014, I think. Um, that was six years ago. And people keep saying, well, like, you know, why are there protests? Why are there looting? Why is there rioting? Like, that won't change anything. It's like, well, kneeling hasn't changed anything. Like, 
marching hasn't changed anything. So what is it that you guys want to, to invoke change? Because at this point, nothing's worked. And um, I think it was Van Jones who said it. Um, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a news commentator. I think he's also an author. But anyway, he said, um, you know, hurt people holler. And if you, if you are hurt, you're going to say something. You're going to say, hey, this doesn't feel right. Help me. And if people don't help, help you, then you might shout. You might start shouting. And then if they don't listen to you, then you might start screaming. And if they don't listen to you, then you might start breaking something because that's how you're going to get attention. And it's, it's, this is, that's what this has come to. And it's just so infuriating to watch it happen. And to, I think the biggest thing I'm feeling a lot of times right now that I have to kind of fight back with is, um, is shame and shame that I haven't said anything before and that it took me this long and that it took all, most of us this long that we, it took us watching a video, a 10 minute video of a black man being murdered in front of our eyes to actually say, oh, hey, wait, like, uh, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm so mad at myself because I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing anything extraordinary. I'm just someone who was finally like, oh shit, you know what? Me sharing this uh, nice quote, this nice inspirational quote, um, me, you know, uh, silently donating once a, every blue moon, once a year uh, to a, a charity, that's been enough. That's enough for me. And it just, something just clicked in my head um, that it was just like, holy shit, like what the fuck have I been doing? I'm, I'm complicit. I'm allowing this to happen. And I can't go on allowing it to happen anymore. Um, and so I'm going to do whatever I fucking can to do it. And, you know, it's it's not enough anymore to say, oh, hey, like, like, yes, we need to start with Black Lives Matter. But where does that conversation go? What are we doing not only within ourselves and our families, but what are we doing in our communities to to, to echo that message and to make sure that that people are listening because they've been screaming it for years and we've just been ignoring it and I can't do it anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow myself or the people that I know and love that I know can be better to be complicit anymore because that's what it is. If you're not talking about this, if you're not loudly yelling about this and you're, if you're not in your people's face about it, then you're complicit. And that's, that's what it is. That's the point that we're at right now. Yeah. And I'm hoping anyway. that um, there's other people who join you, right? Like that's, that's what we need to do. It can't be just one segment of the population trying to, uh, to fight for this kind of thing. It needs to be, everyone needs to really step up and put forth a, a genuine effort, like a full hearted effort. Uh, not the, not just kind of like a slacktivism kind of approach, like maybe we've, we've seen in the past. Uh, by the way, I, right. I, I just read your shirt while you were talking right now, and I love your shirt, oh. Mary <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So it's cabrona, which basically means um, bitch on, in, in Spanish. Yeah. And some dude, and some dude on Twitter called me a bitch like a few minutes ago. So I was like, I'm going to put this on before. But, you know, Barb's, Barb's point is right. Like, yes, money matters and money talks, obviously. And you can show your support that way, but it doesn't end there. You don't have to just, like, I think a lot of, um, a lot of this stuff can be performative and that's what I don't want. I want people to do something, but then, you know, if you can donate, donate a dollar, donate $5, donate what you can, but then make sure that you're having those conversations with your friends who make racist jokes every once in a while, uh, with your friends who only have white friends. You know, I, I grew up in a pretty predominantly white, uh, community, um, 
and I'm Mexican. I, I, both of my parents um, are Mexican and I grew up and Gus, I don't know if you, I don't know if you'll feel, feel the same way because I know you grew up in a, in a different part of the, of mm-hmm. the state, but I grew up kind of like hating myself basically because I wasn't white and because I had friends and people in my life who were like constantly like, oh yeah, she's one of the good Mexicans or she's not like that kind of Mexican or she doesn't speak like a Mexican. And it really fucked with me and it really made me feel like, oh God, like that was such a dirty word for me. Mexican. It was such a dirty word. And I hated when people called me Mexican. And I found every excuse to try. I would like ask my parents constantly, like, please just like tell me we're something else. Tell me we have something else in our blood. Like, it's I I don't like this. I don't want to be this. Like, you know, and I have so much privilege. I'm dripping in privilege. Look at me. Like on the inside, yes, I am, I am, I'm a lesbian, I am Mexican. But I can walk around and take both of those things off and you would never tell. I could pretty easily pass as a white woman, <laughs> you know, and I have no trouble doing that. Like I can do that. And so I just can't imagine that like it just it's the way I've been feeling these past few days and the anger that I've been feeling that has been consuming me has consumed these people for hundreds of years and we've allowed it to happen. And it's just so fucking infuriating. My uh uh, the town I grew up in was, uh, like, I want to say like 96 or 97% Mexican. So it was a very, a very different experience, uh, than, than what you had. But I remember, uh, when I told my little sister that she was Mexican, she cried. Uh, yeah. oh, uh, man. she didn't, she didn't want to, to acknowledge that even though we were a majority in the town I grew up in, which is really, really strange. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, first of all, Meryl, I, I need to, I think we need to absolutely address what you've been doing this last weekend. It's been phenomenal. For those of you watching who don't know, Meryl has literally raised <laughs> over $50,000 for various charities and um, groups supporting Black Lives Matter and things of that nature. And it's been so inspiring for me to see, and it has made me want to speak up more and donate more and spread the word more. And I feel like you doing that has caused so many people to feel the same way, not only donating money, but just feeling more empowered and more passionate about this situation. And I think that you don't give yourself enough credit for that. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. I I think a lot of what I've been feeling is, you know, I, (laughs) I uh, get frustrated when I, when I think of, you know, people reaching out and not, not to say I like, I'm, I'm, I, I take it with a lot of heart and I'm very appreciative, but at the same time, like I'm not doing anything extraordinary. <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch for the most part, like my phone with my double chin, just sitting in, in, in and <laughs> tweeting, you know, and that's all it takes guys. I think that's the most important thing. You don't have to go out and be a revolutionary to start a revolution or to help the revolution. You don't have to go out and, and like do crazy things. You can have so much impact from just sitting on your couch and doing what you would normally do. Like, what am I going to tweet about today? Like, I don't know how I cried or, or a sword that I have. Fuck no. Like this shit's going on and I need to say something about it. It's also using your platform. And I, that's what I feel so proud about with, with a lot of people who I know have been using their platform to speak up and to focus their efforts on this since it, like, you know, since all of this started happening. And I also wanted to talk about how Meryl earlier, you said like, this has happened so many times before, but now feels like I, it's hard to articulate and I'm trying my best because with having a platform like this, you want to 
choose your words carefully. And I think that's what I've struggled with because I don't want to say something wrong and I want to make sure that my intentions are very clear at what I feel like. And I feel like we at Richard Teeth have done a good job promoting our support for various people, um, including the LGBT community. I think we've done a really good job with that and have a, a lot of representation within the company. And I think that we all recognize that we don't have a lot of black res representation here. And I think that that is something we all know we need to work on. And I, I want to make sure that I, we all dedicate ourselves to working on that and being aware that that is a really big problem. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I'm, I feel like I have, I just feel like it is, it's, it's just always been cyclical before it will, there'll be a big event and then it just goes off the radar yeah. until the next event. And I think that's what is the point. That's, that's what needs to change is that. Well, I think that's what the system wants, right? Like it wants to wear you down and make you weary and make you feel like you're just going to burn yourself out. And I think the, the key is to uh, sustain that voice and sustain that anger and sustain <coughs> that uh, motivation to keep moving and keep taking this action. Uh, to your point, Barbara, one of the things you were saying is like, it's strange to to be on this platform talking about this. Even you were talking about choosing your words wisely. It's like we're not trained for this kind of thing. You know, uh, we started this company because we wanted to make dick jokes on the internet, and you know, <laughs> so uh, yeah. you know, we're 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 normal human beings like everyone else. You know, I think we're just trying to do the best that we can to make sure that we're doing the right thing and to try to hopefully continue pushing that conversation forward and. Uh, trying to get people to take action. Uh, I don't think we'll be able to match what Mariel did this weekend <laughs> or is continuing to do, but uh, we, we, can, we can hope to aspire to that kind of level of, of activity. Yeah, Mariel, you inspired me a lot this weekend. And um, I guess it was just useful to have, to, to see a, a direction to, that everyone could just jump in and help with. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's so overwhelming at first where it's like, yeah, we have this voice. Where do we aim it? Uh, yeah, so it was and extremely useful what you were doing. Yeah, that's a tough thing. I mean, the first few days I was really focusing on bail funds um, just because, I mean, I've had friends who are out protesting and have gotten arrested, like, and they're good people and all they're doing is trying to make a difference and they're not doing anything uh, illegal, but, uh, you know, they're, they're wrongful forces being used against them. And so that's kind of where I was focusing. And then I realized, like, when the momentum started, I was like, oh, shit, like, I can start directing people to um, maybe to some niche organizations that won't like, you know, like obviously bail funds are going to get money, which they should, and uh, people should keep donating to those. But um, I also wanted to start thinking long-term, like, right. So like if like currently bail funds are necessary, but what's going to happen, you know, in November, whenever um, we have elections again, what's going to happen, you know, in a few years, like how can we help people, heal from all of this this trauma that we've we've uh, been complicit in, in inflicting and so that's why today um uh, yesterday we focused on the loveland foundation uh it was started by a woman named rachel cargill um and she is amazing if you are someone who is just kind of starting to be like okay like i want to I want to actively be anti-racist. I think that's the, the, the term that we need to move towards, like, because people can say, oh, I'm not racist, oh, I'm not racist, but I'm not racist this, I'm not racist that. Um, and it's not that anymore. Uh, we're not allowed to say that. It is, it is I am actively anti-racist um, and doing whatever I can to shut down white supremacy every step of the way. 
Um, and so Rachel Cargill, she's amazing. She has a lot of great resources. Um, she's a wonderful writer, uh, but she has this foundation that she started, um, which was basically like she, for, I think she started in initially um, for her 30th birthday because she was having brunch with her friends and they were talking about therapy and like how good therapy has been for them. And she was like, oh, wow, for my 30th birthday, I want to start a fund um, to help raise money to um, give therapy to black women who can't either can't afford it or their insurance won't cover it or, you know, whatever reason. Um, and so she started that a few years ago and it kicked off. And so now ever since then, she's just had the foundation. And I think she obviously allocates money. And like the thing I like about her the most is that like there's not an application process. Um, you don't have to prove your worth um, to her. You don't have to write an essay about why you deserve therapy and above everyone else. Um, she's literally like, okay, like you're in, you're in the cohort now, give me your name, give me your therapist's name and I'll just pay them directly, which I think is huge because a lot of people like to, um, you know, kind of gatekeep, um, resources and whatnot. And, uh, and I think for, for that kind of thing, for therapy, especially, um, it should be accessible, uh, for everyone. So, and today, um, today's focus is higher heights, which is a campaign fund, um, that uh, focuses on helping um, black women get elected into office all over the U.S. and also uh, helps w uh, black women get the resources to uh, to vote and you know all sorts of different things and stuff. So um, yeah, so I mean it's it's been honestly it's been um, I'm extremely inspired by this community who is like I mean we've all we've already known that that the majority of the Rouge Teeth community is, is fucking amazing and that they are so giving and that, um, you know, they will literally like <laughs> hand over our dollars, their dollars to whatever cause we, we ask them to. And, and it means so much. And I was, I was hesitant to like start doing this and I didn't even have a plan. I didn't, I wasn't like, all right, I'm going to start a donation drive. I literally just made one tweet. And then I said, who's, Oh, who's going to match me thinking one person would do it and I'd move on. And then I just kept happening and happening and happening. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like people actually care. And not I, only that, but, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. I went to bed last yeah. night. The last tweet I saw was one of yours. I woke up this morning. The first tweet I saw was another one of yours. <laughs> I want to I want to yeah. comment for anybody yeah. who's watching live right now. Uh, if you're in chat and you can sign up for a free account, by the way, uh, your your Twitter profile is pinned. Uh, Jackie pinned it up there, so if people want to see mm. the organizations that you're talking about, they can uh, just look in chat and see it right there. Oh, thank you, thanks, Jackie. Yeah, she's at um, Meryl Salcedo. Just first name, last name. But yeah, so and I've I've honestly like, and I, this shouldn't be a controversial opinion, um, but some may find it controversial. But um, I don't. I don't have time for racism. I don't have time for racists anymore. And I've gotten to the point where, like, I I don't care. I don't care about upsetting people. I don't care about uh, making people look dumb or embarrassing people. I know a lot of people always say, like, oh, like if you have a platform, you shouldn't be sending your followers after people. It's like you know you're sending the dogs after them. But like, and I'm not trying to do that. Um, I'm not saying that I'm doing that. But um, like I think I said, like, don't come for me in my mentions because like I don't have the patience for it anymore. And I like I will do my best to embarrass you and the nice thing about but, it i mean that's part of the process is calling out racism absolutely and absolutely. if you're being a fucking racist in our mentions guess what we're gonna call you out on it yeah um but the the nice thing to see is that like I, there will i won't even like retweet someone saying something stupid to me it'll just be in my mentions and then i just see like the army of rooster teeth community members being like you're wrong you're like this isn't a good opinion to have and like we're gonna stand by this and 
like if you're gonna be a racist like we're gonna fucking come for you and that's just so inspiring and i really wanted to thank um thank the community for for coming out so hard um because it, it's it's making an impact and you're fine you're showing people that that we care and that we're not going to do this we're not going to stand for this anymore because this has been going on for for entirely too long and we should have done it before but now that we're here we're not turning back i don't know if you saw um Oh, I think it was also over the weekend, uh, Chrissy Teigen had a tweet that she was donating $100,000 to a uh, bail relief uh, organization to help people uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, post bail. And someone had a, a terrible hot take in her mentions. So she quote tweeted them and said, you're right. And she upped her uh, donation to $200,000. <laughs> and I oh, think yeah. that, that's, uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's funny. You know, when you use someone's hate to amplify the positivity that you're giving. Yeah. Uh, late last year, was mid, mid to late last year, uh, I definitely had a rash of people coming after me on social media saying that uh, I was being too liberal. Uh, so anytime someone uh, came after me like that on social media, I would just make a donation to a Democratic presidential candidate in their name. <laughs> uh, and I would send them a screenshot of the donation. Uh, yeah. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to try to, you know, not let someone's hate drag you down, but instead use it to try to power forward with a, a a positive outcome yeah and i think also um i mean an important thing to know and is that like we have to be honest with our community and we have to say and be honest with ourselves and you know and say like hey if this is who you are like are we going to welcome that you know are we going to welcome that in the chat are we going to welcome that on our comments like we what what conversations are we having to make sure that we're not just like posting online and, and, and whatnot and doing it for the outside, but also for in, for the inside and not just for the community, but also for the company as a whole. Like, you know, what conversations are we having to make sure that, that this conversation continues and that we don't just like, oh, hey, like that ah, Black Lives Mattered in uh, June, but it's July now. So what's going on today? You know, like we need to make sure that this conversation keeps going and that um, that we're not just letting it fall to the wayside just because it's not uh, super like in your face anymore and a lot of the nice things about the um the donations page and a lot of the charities we've been donating to is there is a, a monthly option right mm -hmm. um but i mean then again it's like we don't you don't want to just set it going and forget about it still mm -hmm. but it is nice yeah. to have that option i uh yeah. and you know in a more like active i, I, I don't have a good segue for this um if you if, I was talking with a friend of mine earlier who had gone out to some of the protests yesterday uh, here in Austin, and uh, he strongly encouraged me to watch live streams of people who are down there, either like on Facebook or YouTube, because I guess the 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 media coverage you see of it doesn't really show everything that's going on, like the level of um, violence that's happening at the front, you know, the amount of people getting shot with rubber bullets or the amount of uh, pepper spray being used nonstop. Uh, it's, you know, when you view it on your local news or on, you read it in the newspaper, it's very, you know, very high level. A lot of things written in the passive voice, a lot of things written that people got hurt instead of, you know, directly assigning blame or directly uh, attributing uh, fault where it should go. Uh, so if uh, there are protests happening, you know, uh, and you, you, you should try to see them for yourself, but if, you know, you can't go for whatever reason, uh, definitely see, you know, look online, see if you can find a live stream of protests in your town or somewhere nearby and see, you know, what people are actually experiencing. That way you can see firsthand what these people are going through and not just have it uh, filtered through the media perspective. All right.
Yeah, I mean, it's like anything, you know, like uh, with with the protests, especially here in Austin, like, you know, I had friends who were, were on the ground and, and telling me about it and, you know, saying like, we've been peaceful. We were, you know, we've basically been marching. And like, he, I think one of the big things is that they uh, took over 35 yesterday mm-hmm. and hopped up on the interstate and stopped traffic and we're standing there. And again, inconvenient, but peaceful, um, you know, and uh, a friend of mine who was downwind um, and watching up, she was like standing by the police headquarters um, and she was looking up and they deployed tear gas and rubber bullets. And she said that the the cool thing, not the cool thing about that, but um, there was all of a sudden I, she saw these like, like six to eight uh, people or so like running up towards it like literally sprinting towards the tear gas and towards the shots and uh and it was medics it was people who showed up with like high-vis vests and um and helmets and were literally running into it to help people um and that's just such a cool thing that you're literally like people are literally putting themselves in danger um to help people because they understand like what what the impact can be um and it's just uh, you know i think people always quote uh who is it? Mr. Rogers, Mr. who's Rogers. like, mm-hmm. you know, look for the helpers and there's helpers everywhere. Um, and yeah. And it's just, I mean, here's the thing, like people can't look back at, at MLK's, um, you know, pictures of, of his marches and his protests or the like women's March or like the March for our lives. And they can't look that, at that. And then, and, you know, make this different. Like it's people calling for a voice saying like, Hey, like, we don't know how else to show you. So we're going to come out in mass and shove it in your face. And if we have to stop traffic to inconvenience you so you can pay attention, then like we will do it. But like this can't go on. Um, so yeah, yeah what, it's, what's, what's the, the statistic that I think people are, are, uh, are saying lately that, you know, when he was alive, MLK was disliked by 75% of the U S population. Right. Like, also yeah. they killed him. <laughs> right. It's right. like, uh, the, you know, the, the kind of protest and that's needed to affect change is, inconvenient right if it was a convenient protest then people could ignore it it wouldn't it wouldn't make a difference it wouldn't affect anyone's daily life uh it needs to be in people's face in order for them uh to see it and address it and do something about it in order to affect any real lasting change right also um in the comments in the chat jc ghost says i i-35 was built because of racism i'm glad they closed it off and that's absolutely true like i-35 before east austin got gentrified um all of East Austin was a black and predominantly black and Mexican community. And now if you go down there, it looks nothing like that. Um, and I-35 was what they used to literally block those people off. And so it's a huge uh, like symbolism to, mm-hmm. to go up there and say, hey, like, we're up here. What are you doing? You know, yeah. it used to be called East Avenue. And that was like the delineation line in Austin. It's like where everyone lived. And then when they got rid of they got rid of East Avenue and then just built I-35 right over it. Um, which was a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. I had no idea about that. Yeah. Yeah. It goes all the way up to Minneapolis, doesn't it? At 35? Yeah. It goes all the way to the Canadian border. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know about up there, but here specifically in Austin, it was, it was built that way. Um, there's there's a lot of neighborhoods in Austin, uh, like that as well. There were some neighborhoods that were built, uh, exclusively to, uh, when they were developed to exclude minorities from living in them. There were neighborhoods that were built exclusively for uh, white residents of the city. And, you know, to this day, you still see 
a lack of people moving around. I, you know, I-35 is still this huge uh, barrier, although now it's being gentrified. So everyone's, every minority is getting pushed further and further east, it seems like. Mm. Uh, I was also going to mention, and a lot of people are bringing this up in chat as well, uh, another crucial factor in all this is vote, uh, not just in the election in November, but in every election that you have a say in, uh, which is every election that takes place in uh, your city. Um, I, through all of this, have considered what it would take for me to become an American citizen so I would have a voice as well. Obviously, um, the process is pretty long, so I wouldn't be able to get it done by this upcoming election, but um, I'm... I feel like living in this country and seeing everything going on and not having a voice in that is very infuriating. And I don't want to be part of the problem of people not speaking up and not voting. So I, I feel like that might be a step that I would like to take. I vote in every election, like no matter how seemingly how minor and a lot of the and, you know, a lot of you want to affect change locally. That's where a lot of it starts is your your small local elections that most people overlook. And I think so few people vote in them that like I get people coming by my door trying to convince me to vote for uh, candidates all the time. I get phone calls all the time just because they know it's like it's just a handful of people who who show up and actively do that. You know, if you, you know, vote and you can convince your neighbors to vote, like if you can get your neighborhood or your area to be uh, an area with high voter turnout, then guess what? The city's going to pay attention to you and your neighborhood. If you can just convince mm -hmm. everyone around you to to take part and go up and uh, uh, and try to do that. And of course, I mean, I'm sure there's, um, uh, there's cynical takes as well about, you know, how much can you really change, but it's like, we, this is the system we have right now. And this is the system where we can try to affect change. So if you don't like who you see there, I mean, try to find someone who does represent your views, you know, let's try to change that system. I think, you know, we've, we all know that this two party system that we have here in the United States is really broken and that we need Very to have, broken. you know, more selection we need to have a wider spectrum you know uh our what we consider you know the far left here in the united states would probably be like centrist or centrist right in <laughs> in europe uh it's like we really need to have uh, a, a bigger spectrum of voices that can choose that can represent us because i know the vast majority majority of us probably don't feel represented by the selection that we do have do you think the yeah. com the country will be in a good enough state for the november election though i mean i feel like so many people can't vote or like because of covid and the confusing different states rules about mailing yeah. in your vote it's are, uh, how is everyone going to do it john oliver did a, a segment last night on last week tonight about uh, mail-in voting which uh, i would highly recommend people watch if they're curious about that uh, luckily a, a lot of states do have uh, mail-in voting and do have the capability for that uh, but unfortunately quite a few states do not and texas is of course trying to stop uh, it as much as possible with you know there's rampant false claims about how uh uh you know there can be voter fraud via mail which is you know, gotta utter, love the people who are fight, fighting yeah. against that it's, uh, it's, utter, it's, it's utter bullshit ultimately they want to stop uh people from voting right they want to try to suppress as many votes as they can and i think it's, that the voter suppression campaign that has been run in the state of texas against uh non-conservatives is is like textbook between the gerrymandering and convincing people with any liberal viewpoint in the state that their vote doesn't matter so that they don't even bother to go out to vote it's like if if it's it's like it's a self-defeating prophecy that liberals in this state have i think if 
if everyone did band together and went out and voted, uh, we'd be shocked at the outcome. And if it was easier to vote, if we could actually manage to get people to vote, you know, uh, I think. Yeah, I just be- feel like like a, a t- like politicians are all liars, right? They lie about each other Absolutely. and stuff all the time. <laughs> but surely you shouldn't be allowed to lie about the foundation of your position. Like the president shouldn't lie about the the way a president is decided. How can that, how is that not protected in some, I mean, Twitter obviously did that thing where they, they fact checked his tweet. Yeah. And then he uh, what, tried to write an executive order on it. <laughs> yeah. Just like Twitter. <laughs> you're demolishing yeah, your entire position. You're invalidating the entire system. When you say stuff like that out of everything that could potentially be executive action could be taken on. That was it. Like that. This is, this is, this is the fucking hill. He's going to put his flag on like, great. You know, we have, uh, what 40 million people unemployed or 20, 25% of, uh, adults capable of working. We've got over a hundred thousand people dead from a pandemic. Um, yeah, but he needs to go play golf for exercise. I've been locked in my house for over two months. You're uh, just locked in a brick box. This is it. <laughs> I, I sleep Do right you, here. This might be a, a controver- controversial opinion, but at this point, who cares? Do you think that he wants to stop mail-in voting so badly because he feels like a lot of his supporters can't figure it out? N- no, I, I, I'm of the... Old op- people send mail. True. <laughs> Old white people send mail. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm of the opinion that they feel like... Uh, you know, they already won, right? So it's like the system that is in place worked to their advantage. Changing that system and giving more people access could be detrimental to them. I think a lot of people who are unable to take time off work or, you know, have other responsibilities who would otherwise, you know, vote in a more uh, liberal campaign um, would benefit. Of course, I, I think I've seen studies, though, that actually neither party benefits one way or another strongly from uh, mail-in voting being accessible. But I think that's the opinion that uh, they operate under, which is why they try to suppress it. But who knows? I, or, or it could just be he's he's. In, well, I don't want to say he's insane. It could be that he's he's losing it. He's lost it. I don't know. <laughs> That's putting it so nicely, Gus. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm nothing if not nice. It's true. I think another thing to notice. I mean, we're talking uh, we're talking about local elections, and I didn't even know this was a thing until yesterday, which is kind of fucked up that the city is not telling you about it. But Austin uh, was doing a survey on, I guess, like the Austin city budget, and they're basically asking Austin residents. They're saying, "Okay, hey, like here's our budget. How would you change it?" Um, and I'd never seen that before. I've never heard about it before. It only came to my attention because um, Sam Starr, who works in marketing, uh, tweeted about it, and. Um, I mean, that's a, you know, those kinds of resources are a great way to say, Hey, like, I don't like where you're sending your money. Like why, why do the cops have millions and millions and millions of dollars, but public health is such a tiny little, uh, chunk of money here. Like, why can't we make that more even? And I'm not saying, you know, I mean, I will, I'll keep what I want to say in my head, but, <laughs> um, but we can do better. And and we can we can see where our cities are being funded and what's being funded and we can call it out if we don't like it. That's the whole point of having representation. Right. Like that's that's their jobs. Their jobs are literally to listen to us. It's our money. It's our money. They literally they it's our money. I I pay taxes. (laughs) 
fucking money. So you will do I, what I tell you to do with it. I was a little concerned though with the the way they went about that survey. It's posted on Twitter, so really anybody from any city or state could click on it and vote on it, correct? Well, I think you do have to give information about um, like what district you live in. And um, I mean, I'm not exactly sure like what, um, like how identifying it is. Like, I, okay. I, I can't remember because I, I was. I just remember th seeing that and thinking like this is, I I'm glad that they are, are putting this out there, but it's also, I wonder if that could be taken advantage of in a certain way. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, it could be, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was just crazy to see how big of a chunk of of uh, budget APD has, and how little like public like public parks has, how little public health has. Like, um, well, parks you know, don't have our... to parks don't have to buy rubber bullets. That's true. Yeah, parks don't have to dress in riot gear every day. <laughs> it, I, I think it was brought up a number of times on social media where people were talking about how these officers and people were decked out in all this military garb and protective clothing and, and whatnot. And then you have people working in hospitals fighting COVID-19 in, in fucking garbage bags. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> there's something about that that doesn't seem quite right. Right. And I think, you know, kind of jumping off of what you're saying there is, um, you know, you talk about people, uh, about police in, in riot gear. And I think, you know, a, a lot of the, the core of the issue. That's what I meant, not military, sorry, yeah, no, no, riot no. gear. Uh, a lot of the core of the issue is, you know, seemingly an us versus them mentality when it comes to uh, police policing the street. You know, instead of being doing things with the community or being uh, a resource for the community, instead it's, you know, it's very much, much uh, like that thin blue line mentality. And right. uh, I think we, you know, we can definitely see uh, better ways to do things. Uh, a few years ago when I was in, South Korea, I was shocked because I felt like I saw police everywhere. It seemed like every corner there were, I'm exaggerating, every other corner, pretty much there were like two police officers standing around, uh, just looking around and, and talking to each other. Uh, and then it wasn't until I was there for a while that I realized that none of the police officers I saw on the street corners were carrying guns. They were all just there, you know, just looking around. Uh, they didn't have military vests on. They had like a high vis vest and a, a cap and they just had their, their walkie talkies. And uh, like, that was it. And I felt like that's a lot less intimidating than, uh, than the kind of setup we have here. You know, why can't we have that kind of thing where it's approachable and it's community-based? Yeah. 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 I think, it's... I mean, I think another thing to notice with, with these protests is that we had people, you know, two weeks ago, march like marching on their state capitals in full riot gear, like, yelling at cops getting in their faces and what happened to them but they are fine they people home. according to the president right they get to go home they get to go back to their families they get to get back on on facebook and and share memes from freedomamerica.org.eagle <laughs> um you know and so like wh why what's the difference like why why do they get to show up literally ready for war and and these people who are just saying, hey, can you can you just please stop killing black people? Like, like that's that's what we want. Like, st let's start there. That's that's bare minimum. Let's Step start one. there. <laughs> Step one. Um, and we're refusing to do it. Uh, but yet we let, you know, people hold up protest signs that say, let me out of my house. I want a haircut versus, hey, 
here's here's this list of a hundred black people who have been killed within the last few years by the hands of the cops like it's just it, it make it make sense you know it doesn't make any sense i think there's i think the the ultimate issue is is so deeply rooted in society and humanity of only caring about what affects you and what affects your life and there are so many people in this world who don't see outside their bubble and think if this is not affecting me I will not care about it and I'm going to continue living my life in a way that only benefits me. And I implore you to care about other people in this world because without quality of life for everyone, there's quality of life for no one. And it, things like this are gonna continue happening. And if you don't show empathy and that you actually care about other people, I have no respect for you whatsoever. Uh, and I know that probably doesn't mean a lot to those people because it's hard to get through when you feel that way and think that way. Uh, but just know a world exists outside of your bubble. Um, yeah, I think that's I, really, I think yeah. that's the the key word that you use there is empathy. Is you know not only wanting good things for yourself but wanting good things for everyone. You know why wouldn't you want to make the world better for everybody? Maybe I watched too much Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers as a kid. I thought, you know, everyone was learning those <laughs> things. Uh, you know, you should want everyone to have a fair shot. You should want everyone to have a level playing field. And uh, I don't know if, if you all saw it a few days ago, Trevor Noah uploaded a video talking about how, you know, uh, black people in the United States just, you know, they've we've all entered this societal contract, right? It's like we all understand that there's things that, we do that society does and it's just like this contract has been broken repeatedly for uh for black americans and it's like what can you do you know that's why uh people see outrage when you see these protesters not following the social contract it's like it hasn't been honored for them why should they continue to honor it when it's a system that's that's rigged against them uh it's just inherent um bias uh and it, it just it needs to stop so hopefully we're starting to to make that change to to undo that bias. Yeah, um, there was there's a, uh, a, a an activist named Tamika Mallory who is um, I think she was actually one of the heads of uh, the Women's March a few years ago, and she has this video and it's amazing. And literally every day when I feel beaten down about this and I just feel like oh my gosh, like how how are we living in this world? How are we um allowing this to happen i watched her video and i get fired up again and i'm like all right like fuck it let's tackle racism today um and she has a, a really good quote that i think people people like to shy away from and people like to forget that this country was built on on the backs of black people um that were looted from another country that that uh our ancestors brought over to enslave and she says, you know, don't get mad at us for looting. We learned that from you. And like, don't get mad at us for violence. We learned that from you. And so it's just this like super, super inspiring speech. And first of all, I can't, I cannot understand how someone that angry can be so articulate because uh, it's crazy. <laughs> when I get mad, I just cry. Um, but watching her and like the fire in her eyes and in her voice and just, just calling it like it is and saying it so plainly, like this has been going on for centuries. And if you want us to do better, you have to do better because we're we're we've reached the end of the line here. Like, and just the just the line, like you looted us, like we learned that from you. Just fucking was just like, all right, well, fuck, let's do it, <laughs> you know. Um, and so yeah, and so it's just 
it's just there's a lot of really really good people out there to to watch and listen to and get inspiration from and um and then go out and continue to do the work yourself like you don't have to put on a superhero mask to do it you can just have a conversation with one of your racist uncles or and you know and here's the thing like some people just fucking suck <laughs> and yep. they're not going to change and that's really it's it's a tough pill to swallow and it's a tough thing to to deal with but there are people who can change and uh and and you can change and you know i'm i have plenty of of racial biases that i'm still fighting through i have my own racial biases i have homophobic biases that i'm still fighting through um you know i'm i'm there's parts of me that i am ashamed of that i'm having to actively work towards um but it, it all it takes is is sitting down for a second and thinking you're thinking to yourself and just being like man like okay what what am i what is my purpose here what am i really doing like am i putting good into the world or am i just letting bad happen and not saying anything about it and and that's all it takes it's just a, a quick conversation that you can have with yourself and then you decide you say okay do i want to be a person who is bringing good into this world for everybody or do i want to just be complicit and complacent and make sure that my life is good, but I don't really care for anyone else. And right. once you make that decision, then you can go from there and then you can start learning and you can start educating yourself. It also yourself. is, it's, it's crazy to me because it really doesn't take much. And so many people are just not doing anything or choosing to fight against what this movement is about. Um, you know, I think you guys have commonly seen people fight back with the all lives matter uh, quote, which I don't, even think I can address at this point without getting furious, but I will quickly talk about the analogy that probably every single person on the internet has seen so far of here's my house. Here's your house. Our houses matter. Your house is on fire. Mine is not. Which one should I go help? Well, my house matters too, right? Yes, but this one's on fucking fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if this one continues to burn without being helped, it's going to burn every other house eventually as well. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> and grab a Thank pail you. of water. <laughs> so yeah. uh, people in chat are, are saying, I guess, uh, Trump's giving an announcement right now. Uh, I don't I don't have I can't find the details. I guess it's still it's still ongoing that uh, he's going to apparently yeah. he's going to be sending the military to states if they don't do enough to uh, stop the violence. I don't know what that means, but I was trying to find some more information. So on this monitor over here uh, in Google, I just typed Trump to see what would show up. And you know how <laughs> Google uh, tries to figure out what you're trying to ask. And it's like, people also ask, and it has questions under it. The uh, first question is, what is the lowest approval rating for any president? <laughs> of course. Uh, it's it's uh, Trump, by the way. Um, so yeah, I don't know uh, what specifically he said that's going on as we're taping this right now. So. I, can't, I don't want to. I don't want to talk to that because I don't. We don't have all the information yet. Yeah. So yeah. I know when this goes up on YouTube, people will ask why we didn't talk about that. It's because it's literally happening right now. This very moment. yeah. It's a lot to process for us to address in the moment. Yeah. All yeah. of this is a lot to process constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we should wrap up here imagine. pretty soon. Uh, I think you know we just need to remind people uh, what Meryl said earlier. It's like it's not enough to be. To say you're not racist, you need to be anti-racist. Um, you know, find organizations that you can donate to if you can donate. Uh, you need to go out and protest if you can protest, and you know, just 
start talking to people in your circle, you know, talk to your family, talk to your friends. If you hear something um, that someone shouldn't be saying, call them out on it and tell them they shouldn't be saying that. And um, it's, it's going to be a long process. These kinds of things don't happen overnight, you know? So um, just be ready to keep, keep going. Don't, don't lose, uh, don't lose steam. And, and like Meryl said, it, it's things you're probably already doing. If you're activating on social media, you know, just uh, use your, use your platform and use your voice to try to spread, uh, spread the message. Um, anyway, I don't, I think that's all I got. I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to say. Yeah. I mean, just to continue from that point, um, continue to show support and be vocal uh, and do what you can uh, to help the progression of this. Uh, and, you know, it's tough seeing people get really aggressive with everything going on. But I think that we we've talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. Once you've reached a breaking point, and nothing is happening, you have to just keep going. Uh, and so get angry, fight with people who need to ha maybe have their minds opened a little bit. Uh, and just if you see racist behavior or language or anything of that nature, call it out, call them out, mm -hmm. educate people. And I think a lot of this is because so many people in the world, especially in the United States, are not educated enough on the subject, do not have experience interacting with people who are different than them, who uh, are maybe a little more closed-minded in that sense. So continue educating people. And that's, I think, like one of the biggest things you could do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. All right. Well, um, thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, it was a, an unusual podcast, but I felt like, you know, we had to, to say something. We couldn't just stay silent about it. Um, anyway, we'll uh, see you guys again next week. We love you.